And I'm Dave. And we're stupid about cars. Why don't you get to say cars? Because I say it's sexy. On the show today, Barry versus the world, car tech tips, and stupid car humor. Sitting in as our guest, Wayne Braun. And now, two guys that think Dale Earnhardt Sr. hath not come from the seat of mere mortals. It's Barry and Dave. Hey, Bear. Hey, Davey. What's happening, buddy? Oh, you know, living the dream. What about you, bud? Oh, dreaming to live, man. Dreaming to yeah, live. It's not raining. It's cold, but not raining today. It's not raining. No rain. Thank God, because it just turned to sheer ice, because that's all we have at home right now, man. <laughs> it's pretty sheer ice. Out there. People, be careful. It's insane. Yeah. Oh, well, what are you going to do? It's better than rain and snow. Yeah, it is. Sunny absolutely. Day. It's yeah. absolutely. It wasn't a bad day. It's warming up a little bit. Wyerton Willie did not see his shadow. No. Nope. Spring is going to be early. That's good. I think that's what it is. I want spring. I get early. confused all the time. I if he know. sees shadow, then more winter. If I don't, yeah, what's his whatever. percentage on being right though? A, a million. Dave. Really? A million. He's percent. Always right. I think it's a million and four. No, it's not. Yeah, he's a wrong. And four. He's been wrong. Has he? I don't know. Has he? You're the one that came up with Has the fact. He? Has he been wrong? No, I, I don't, don't think know. He's ever been wrong. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well. Better than the weatherman. Yeah, much better than the weatherman, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we got somebody hanging out with us again today. We do, we do. Why don't you go ahead and say hello, special guest? Hello, everybody. There we go. <laughs> Thanks Wayne. for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's a great podcast. Yeah, no now we doubt. got a, we got a, um, a mechanic, Wayne Braun. Yep. Forty years in the trade. Long time. Owned his own shop for thirty. Awesome. And he's here to talk cars. Nice. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully, I'll have some words of wisdom. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. You've taught me a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever I'm stumped, I always go over and see Wayne. Helps me open my mind up a bit. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. It's always good to have that person to give you a hand. Yeah, with that kind of experience, too. Yeah. I don't care. Any book smart person can't go against experience. Experience rules over anything, right? I hear you there. In automotive, I think. Yeah. Maybe not in everything. So what are we going to talk about on the show today? We are going to talk about the progression of cars as right. far as mechanics go and how we've seen that change. Okay. Good and worse. Okay. Worse and good. Yeah. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. I do I do believe we also have a question we're going to ask our audience to uh, to try and fill us in on something you've been doing a little bit of research on lately, having a problem with it. Oh, deaf. Deaf. Oh, man. I've been trying to figure this thing out. We, Dave and I had a little conversation and he was, he stumped. I just can't, I can't figure out like... Who made like, it? Where yeah, it came well, I know from. who made it. They, they, I mean, it was been around forever, yeah. like that whole. But it's forever. It's, like, did Jesus use that? No, no. It was at least a hundred years. The like they, Jesus they've known about the product Moses. that's in death. Right. So it's thirty-two point five percent urethra. Yeah. Well, that's another way of calling it. Yeah. And then the other percentage is straight mineral-based water. So yeah. essentially, you're putting water. Yeah. And at like a sixty, what is it, sixty-seven point five percent? I'm all water. It's a scam. I'm, I'm, I know, and I'm trying yeah. to find it. But I it's have like, a microphone in front of me that makes everything I say the gospel. I want to figure I'm out this. I'm going to call deaf. them. I'm calling their bluff. I, who, who makes the deaf food? Well, it's, it's the oil companies seem really? to be the one distributing it and making it. Hmm. So to me, that is a bit of a conflict there in itself. So maybe if you're listening in and you have a slight clue on death and why it's absolutely required for me to sit on the side of the road in my big diesel truck idling <laughs> at, at uh, 1,800 RPM for 45 minutes, give or take, every week, 
Give us a shout. Send I mean, us an email. The, sci- the scientific part about it is there. Like it helps NOx. It reduces NOx. It, it, it goes into the catalytic converter and helps reduce NOx and it turns it into nitrogen and oxygen, which is good for the atmosphere. So it's supposed to help with smog and blah, blah, blah. But I just – I can't – I like it's just – it's got to be a better way. I then, think so. You know, well, I, there, there was a better way. Volkswagen a, got caught and got fined. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But now we have vehicles using DEF getting caught and getting fined, like the Porsche, the BMW, uh-huh. and now the new Chrysler one. Yep. So it's 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 really once again this. I mean, and I've said this a hundred times. If I've said it ten times, the EPA sets out these mandates that nobody knows how to reach them. So they come across ways to fool the system into thinking that maybe it's doing better. I think that the EPA should have a responsibility, make the technology, create the technology, and then say, okay, car companies, we figured out how to do it. Well, Here it make, is. Yeah. Boom. They make enough it. money, they should be able to yeah, do it, think, right? Yeah. Five billion dollar mm-hmm. fine to Volkswagen there. Yeah. But the, the point, I mean, I guess it all it goes, comes down to they don't have deaf in Europe. Right? right, there's a bigger population in Europe. Huh? Right, like what? the population huh? is greater in I Europe. I can't hear you. I'm going deaf. Yeah. <laughs> funny guy, funny guy. So why don't they have to? You there? Like why don't they have to use it there, and we have to use it here? Is what I just I just don't understand it. Yeah, like it just it blows me away. Yeah, to me, it's a money grab. It it, it can only be a money grab. Yeah. And it seems that all the vehicles that the EPA is going after are the ones that have extremely good fuel mileage. So to me, those cars, if they're in the same class as a car that's burning twice as much fuel, that car's better on emissions. You never figured out. If if, if it's less than, if it's burning less fuel, to me, it's better on emissions. Absolutely. It just makes sense. Uh, But it's not. I, I came to the realization 30, 40 years ago uh, performance. Horsepower equals efficiency. Yeah. Mm. And because yeah. uh, I remember a lot of years ago, 1970, a friend of mine had a 1970 Ranchero with a oh, high Ranchero. performance mm-hmm. 351 Cleveland in it. Nice. And uh, that truck would get uh, 25, 30 miles to the gallon on the highway. Really? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Dave, Dave, can I point out, he did just call it a truck. <laughs> I know. We've yeah. had our conflicts on the Ranchero. <laughs> well, in, truck. No, if, we, if we talk no about Ranchero. it for a few more minutes, I'll call it a car. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's like one of those, it's like it's in between. What do you call yeah. it? Some people, yeah. Yeah, well, that's one of our, you know, things that we've talked about. And, and once we get enough listeners and, and whatnot, we want to start comparing uh, old versus new. Um, is one of the sections that we want to do where I want to take uh, a comparably numbered, if you will, vehicle as far as even maybe weight, which we know the old cars are all heavier, but, you know, get close to weight, horsepower, torque, mm-hmm. all of that jazz, and compare it against something new with the comparable weight, horsepower, and all of that stuff, and put them head-to-head. And I want to see performance numbers, handling numbers. Emissions. I want to see emissions numbers, economy numbers. I want to put... Lay it to rest, because I, I don't know, man. Some of these old cars, they do fantastic, you know? They get yeah. great economy, you know? But compared to what we're getting now, some, some of the stuff now is kind of junk. I just can't see in my head how, like, cars can produce that much NOx to make smog 
right, compared to factories that are pumping out chemicals. Yeah. Like, it, to me, like, I think they're going after the wrong companies. Like, I don't yeah, know. It just possibly. doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of other ways that they can do things. You know, you look at the Hov lanes now and stuff like that. Well, why don't you just make one lane non-Hov? So you got to have two or more people inside your car just to be on the bloody highway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's going to the same place. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm the guy that I want to drive, and I drive by myself, and I drive everywhere. You know, I'm not going to say that I'm going to change, right? But, you my, know. My biggest problem is merge lanes and and bridges. Why do people got to slow down on a bridge? Like, every time you go over a bridge, the people slow down. Yeah. And, like, why do people not it's, speed up in a merge? It's scary. It just doesn't make sense. To me. I know. Yeah, merge lanes are my pet peeve. I just it blows yeah. me away. There's You're a runway. Not alone there. That's for sure. It's Public a runway. service announcement: When you merging onto a highway, you merge. It doesn't you mean stop. Speed up to highway speed as quick as possible and move over. It's true. It's move so over. simple. Yeah, that just never seems to happen. Barry, I want to test your knowledge. Uh-oh. I want to go against you against the world. Me against the world. We're going to test your knowledge too, Wayne. me against the world. Why is everybody We're going to test your knowledge. These are easy the questions. Okay. These okay. are easy questions. Barry versus the this? world. Barry versus the world. So we're going to keep score here. Starting out is zero and zero. Barry and Wayne. And due to population that I get at least 3.2 million points, one for every person in the world. <laughs> you do? So I'm up by 3.2 million. I'm just letting you know. That's okay. just the way it goes, yeah. I don't, I don't, I think Ready, I'm... set, go. Okay, let's do the first one. You ready? What first... 17. No. Damn it. Wrong. You failed that one. I'm taking a point off. <clears throat> what first mass-produced automobile that came with... What, what was the first mass-produced automobile that came with fuel injection? Fuel injection. Mass-produced... Okay, I got A and Bs because these are tough. Okay. And Cs. 1955 Mercedes SL, okay. 300. 1962 Buick Skylark. 1940 Lincoln Continental. What are you uh, thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm going Mercedes. I'm going Mercedes. Oh, you guys yeah. got that one right. Yeah, I'm going Mercedes. One, Mercedes one. is the first to do everything. Uh, it's true. If you want to look and see what the standard options of vehicles are going to be 20 years from now, look at a Mercedes today. It's true. Yep. Yes. That's always the way it's been. First domestic vehicle was a 1957 Corvette with a 283 in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they've been using fuel injection on planes and diesel engines since 1902. Oh, yeah. Like that, the technology. Yeah, but it's not fuel injection as we know it today. It's not as it is. No, yeah. It's mechanical fuel injection. It's mechanical fuel injection, not electronic fuel yeah. Okay. So next, we're going with firsts. Okay. This is a, firsts. What vehicle was the first to have an airbag system? Volvo. Nope. Ooh. I've got my A and B and C. You gotta okay, wait. Okay, okay. Nineteen sixty seven Porsche nine eleven. Okay. Nineteen seventy four Cadillac, Oldsmobile or Buick, or nineteen eighty Toyota Corolla. What do we got? What year, years ago? I'd go with the uh, Buicks. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Buicks, but that Toyota thrown in there could be a No, I you don't both think it would you both be. right again. Yeah. Buick but it was an option though. Like you could option an airbag. Well oh, that's cool. Um GM would always put the experimental stuff into Cadillac. the high-end cars. Yeah. Yeah. So Pull they, up the rich people first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> GM, Absolutely. Like the people that can afford Cadillacs. But, yeah, could you imagine that? Back, like it was a CO2, boom, oh, pop. Yeah. Was, wow. like, how safe was that? Yeah, not very. No. Well, remember that uh, uh, 468? Yeah, the, the uh, cylinder yeah. cutout. Yeah, yeah, the caddies. They, they, yeah, it was in the Cadillac. That's first, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, and it was awful. Terrible. And, yeah, I mean, now they do it, and it's still 
or they again. Dodge does it now. Yeah. Right on their Hemis. Yeah. I don't think that's... it works. I don't buy them. No, I haven't noticed it, an it does, economy it does difference. Work. There's no economy difference. You don't think well, so? with a 5.7 Hemi, uh, just the sheer fact that it's got so much power, you uh, your economy goes out the window. Just because it's so much fun getting on the go pedal. Well, yeah. but you're not going to ever be in four mode when you're on the go pedal. Well, where are you on right. four mode around here? Like upper levels? Very, very. Yeah, I That's had about that Chevy, it, right? I like, had that high Sierra. Yeah. And that high Sierra, it would, it would, it would get into four mode. It would definitely well, it, go into four. It doesn't do the six anymore. It's four yeah. or eight. That's it. Um, but I can watch my economy numbers in. In eight mode, you're using all eight cylinders, and I'll be cruising along at, you know, 10 or 11 liters per 100 kilometers, and then it'll switch down into four. You would expect it to half, right? No. Half the cylinders, half the fuel. It, it doesn't even change. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, not – I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It. Yep. Next question. Next question. What car was marketed as the people's car? Volkswagen. And it's still in production Beetle. today. Wow. The Beetle. Wow. You didn't wow. even need... It's not in production yeah, today. It isn't. They still make the well, Beetle. Well, but that's not the Beetle. Wow, you guys are one. You guys are three for three. <laughs> I, had, I had a 1956 Volkswagen. Oh, yeah? Rolled one at some point. I don't even know what year it was. We, we chained it up, and it was an off-road buggy. But, it, I mean, that was truly... Like, what car nowadays would you think is the people's car? Like, if you could advertise one car, what would that be right now? The people's car? I mean, well, it's a German. I mean, that's what it was marketed as. Probably Toyota. Yes, so many of them out there. Yeah. yeah. I would say Toyota's probably up there. No, that's Honda. the taxi's car. The taxi's car. Yeah, that's the, the cab driver's car. Because <laughs> I know y'all, you like Rolls-Royce, Barry. Yes. What year did Rolls-Royce start producing cars? 1896? No. 1906? Yes. 1912? You have my answer, sir. What was your I'm answer? I'm going to go with 1896. Ooh, Barry's right. Uh, Barry yeah. got that one right. Oh. One down for Wayne. Yes. It's close. It's close. <laughs> so we'll go with another. Okay. Don't feel bad, Wayne. It's not just you. It's everybody. It's the world. <laughs> what are Volkswagen's <laughs> models named after? A, Towns. B, Wind. C, Food. Hmm. That's a tough one, eh? Wow, yeah, that's pretty... Um... What are you going for? Uh, can you repeat them again? A, Towns. B, Wind. C, Food. What did, what did the Germans name their Do cars I after? Do I eat Passat? Do I live in Golf? <laughs> Do you, yeah. you know? It's good. The Golf wins? I'm going to go with wins. Well, what about a rabbit? The rabbit win. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go with wind. Yeah, you both got that one right. Yeah, it just, it, it, nothing else made sense. I don't know why. Yeah. I never found out what the rabbit was. But the golf was Gulfstream, like Barry yeah. said. Jetta was Jetstream. And yeah. Passat means wind in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So they named, I'm so like, smart. How did they even come up with that, though? <laughs> let's, let's, let's name our models after wind. What about Fox? I don't know. Foxy it. wind. Yeah, Beetle. The Beetle right. wind. Okay. This is a good one. I like this one. This is a fun one. What does BMW and the band Bob Marley and the Wailers have in common? BMW? Uh-oh. Oh. You got it. 
It's the same abbreviation. It's really thanks, that, Dave. That, that was, was a tough. tough one. But that that, was tough. Did you Bob, think long and hard about that? Well, no, but that's apparently that's all Bob Marley drove was BMWs because he liked it so much. He liked it so that, much. I think that's a fun fact. That's pretty fun. It's a fun fact. That's yeah. an interesting fact. Yeah. I, I bombed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Take the point. Take the point. We're giving Wayne a point for that one because that one is not a very good. Okay, how many vehicles are produced daily on average in the world? One sixty-five. 325, or sorry, 165,000, 325,000, or 85,000? 165,000. I'd go with 300. 300? Perry won on that one. Oh, man. 160, that's a lot of cars, though, right? 165,000 cars. cars. A day. A day. A day. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. They're making some money. No doubt. Car manufacturers are making some money. So here's the, you can't look at this one. Okay, name the six companies affiliated with Volkswagen. So owned and affiliated with Volkswagen. God, you know what? That changes so much. But right now, what do they own? What does Volkswagen own? I'm sure you can name okay, one. Okay, I'll start. We'll go back and forth. Volkswagen. Okay. Uh, no, you can't. Volkswagen owns it, so it can't be Volkswagen. Start with a different one. Audi. Okay. Audi. Porsche. Yep. Um, it gets harder now, eh? Yeah, it does. Hmm. So you got two. Two of them. There's four more. Yep. They start with B's. Two of them start with B's. Oh, well. I know. I think I know them. But well, say it. I'm, well, BMW, it's his turn. BMW. Nope. No. 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 One also starts with an L, Dave. Yep. That would be Lamborghini. There's one. Oh. Uh, I, I didn't I even recall, know. Like, yeah, when did Volkswagen buy Lamborghini? Bugatti. Ooh, there's another one. Uh, yeah. They own Bugatti. Bentley. They own Bentley. <laughs> you looked at my list, didn't Boom. you? You cheated. No, those are obvious. Are they? Yeah. I well, the, Audi, the Audi R10 with the V. The, yeah. the stu- I hate the R, R8, excuse me. Yeah. yeah I just said R10. The R8 is V8. Mm-hmm. The R10 is the V10. No, no. The R8 V10 is a V10. So Audi, Volkswagen, all of them, stupid. You're missing one, though. Start with a D. Dahatsu. No, it's not even a car. Oh. Ducati. Ducati. They own Ducati now, Oh, yeah, too. they do own Ducati. Oh, yeah. I, I read that yep. somewhere. Knew I'm, get, the, I'm uh, giving you zero points for both of those, you two. No, I get them you all. You got half. You said cars. You, you didn't did not get say Ducati. companies. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm giving you each a point, then. You guys both get a point. <laughs> well, I didn't know that they own Bentley and Ducati. Yeah. Like, well, think about it. The... the, the, the Bugatti Veyron. Yeah. It's Volkswagen claiming there's six and a half million dollar cost to build each one, but we're nice, so we're only selling it yeah, for yeah. a million. So really, they just do so many stupid things. I just don't like Volkswagen. If you look at like this, how much they're getting, like what's five billion to a company that owns Lamborghini? Like <laughs> you know, like they own so much. Like oh, they're yeah. massive, massive, massive. A company. huge company. Yeah. Crazy. Love Volkswagen. Yeah. Okay. You got like two Fiat. more. Fiat is like what? Was the first automobile to use electronic ignition? Not A, 1963 Pontiac, B, 1946 Packard, or C, 1978 Corvette? Uh, Packard. I'm going to. I'm going to agree. I know it wasn't the Corvette. Wrong. 1963 Pontiac. Corvette did have it, but Pontiac was the leader. I didn't think think they came out with electronic till 69. I thought so too, but yeah, apparently 63 Pontiac. But you're right. They used to use, like, they they never put it in their Chevy models. They they always tried it on their other models first, right? Hmm. 
Okay. What year and model was first introduced by Mercedes? What year? And model was first introduced by Mercedes. When Mercedes first came out on the market. 9A, 1936-170. B, 1926 model K, C, 1934-500K. What was, what was Mercedes? What was years again? One more time. 1936, 1926, and 1934. I'll go with 34. Um, the, the B. I could take B. B? Yeah. Oh, take Barry, B. you're smart. 1926, Model K. Yeah. First Mercedes. Wow. Ooh, this is not looking good, Wayne. <laughs> I think I got one wrong. Nine out of ten for Barry. You get an A. Woo, me! Oh, we got 7 out of 10, Wayne. 7 out of 10. Technology. Sorry. So anyway. good. Those are random questions. This happens yeah. when you're the master. <laughs> Barry. <laughs> what, I have too, too much knowledge in my head? Yeah, yeah you've got too much. I still got to kill a I could have rigged this cells. test. I could have rigged this test so you won, Wayne. But I was like, I got to do both. I can't, I can't throw Barry under the bus. Yeah. Cause I, have I, to, I have to do some more research on my automotive history. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to Stupid About Cars. Hey, Wayne, I guessed every single answer. <laughs> Let's get the Barry one, world zero. <laughs> nice. You know, like the question about how many cars are made. So it was, what, 85,000, 120,000, oh. and 300 and some odd thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my logic was that 85,000, 120 is not that much, but 300 and whatever is three times as much. So I'm like, ah, no way, it can't be that much. Good point. Yeah. I just use logic out. to reason it all down. I try to also, but my <laughs> obviously my logic didn't work. Well, that's because you've been working on cars all that's day, Wayne. That's because you've been working on cars. <laughs> yeah. It messes you right up. Yeah. yeah. What were you working on today? Oh, I just had a BMW and a little Chevy Canyon pickup truck. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just the services. Do you like the Canyons? Newer one? Diesel? No, uh, it was a 05 uh, with the uh, that Five really weird 2.4. Right. Was it a, oh, no, 4.2. Point, 4. Uh, yeah, inline. Yeah, inline 6. Straight 6. They, they brought that, and I thought, wow, that's just beautiful. Because those motors, I mean, you go back to the 60s and 70s. I mean, those straight 6s were just dynamite motors. I thought it was you know, a 5 the old, the old 300 and Yeah, it's it's... I thought it was five or six. Yeah, it's one of, uh, sorry, maybe I, that one's a five. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued with their new because the new Canyons have that four cylinder Isuzu diesel. Diesel. And the only thing I can really find as a negative is they they have um, knock sensors, right? And they're just going like crazy on those things. They okay. can't get them not to knock. Hmm. Really? That's all I've heard. I don't even know if that's true. It's kind of yeah. all I've heard. Mm-hmm. But. I, I, it's probably people that have never had diesels listening to a noise saying. I mean, that could be what it is, but I guess they use the same kind of knock system as they used in the Duramax, and it's just not quite working with the Isuzu with the smaller CC engine, the four cylinder. Right. I haven't. Again, this is not factual by any means, but yeah, I haven't. Cool. I can't wait to interview somebody that has uh, any experience on those. Yeah. So it looks like a pretty cool truck. General the Motors. Theories there. General Motors, if you're listening. Come and send somebody to us. Send us a canyon. We'll drive it around. Tell you how we a feel. little bit. Tell you how we feel about it. And then we'll take it apart and then put it back together. Yeah. 
No, maybe not. <laughs> no, we won't do that. Go, no, that go like up in the mountains and uh, break in the four-wheel drive. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne's got a pretty good, sh- pretty cool Chevy, though, pickup truck. One what of my favorites. What you got? Uh, 97 uh, C3500, two-wheel drive, 6.5 diesel. Slammed. Oh, slammed. C-notch frame, yeah. done right. Yeah. yeah. Super cool truck. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty good-looking truck. And you've done a lot to that motor. It's too long, though. It's like um, a slalom course pulling through well, the parking lot when it's you do a big it. Truck. <laughs> Wait till that thing comes yeah. with crew cab. That's a big truck. Yeah. You know, I, okay, what are you driving? That Ford F-150. Poor guy. <laughs> Park my truck beside your truck. My truck, look, truck looks like a mini truck. It does, yeah, well, because it's so low. Yeah, even even the width. I mean, I, I had a friend with a uh, with a regular Chevy. I don't know what year, but you yeah. know, like the standard Chevy. And he parks next to me, and we look from up on top of Jeff's place up on the balcony, and it just looks like a mini truck. It's kind of weird that way, but I, I like think this it's the color because mine's ugly red. I love that body style. That's one of my favorite Chevy pickup trucks ever. I mean, I would own that truck yeah. if Wayne would sell it to me. Yeah. Wayne, you want to sell your truck? <laughs> yeah. Name me a price. Name your Who price. knows? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a really, really, really cool truck. Did you slam it yourself? Yeah. yeah. Nice. After nice. Uh, it got totaled. Oh, oh, there you go. It's always a great reason, man. You know, especially insurance works out pretty good a lot of the times. You have a big accident, you tow your truck, hopefully nobody's hurt, knock on linoleum, you know, and, and buy your vehicle back for, Weren't you, you hit know, hard enough, enough that the differential bent? Like, that's quite an uh, impact. No, it didn't bend. It broke. It broke it. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, just before the year, be- year, the year before the Olympics, when uh, Kewitt had the chicane through the, uh, just past the Mamquam Bridge. Okay, yeah. And uh, somebody had, uh, came into my lane <clears throat> when I was going around a left-hand corner. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, fortunately, I turned right, swerved right, and the right. woman swerved right also. She paralleled the truck, head on the rear end of the dualies, and literally snapped the rear end in half. Jeez. Wow. Never seen that before. No, no I've never no, seen that's, that. That's crazy. Insane. Huh? Yeah. So I was going to ask you if it was a freight train or a passenger train. No, it was, it was just a, uh, a minivan. Wow. And, uh, yeah, typical. Yeah, you know, get it in the right spot. And nothing's bound to happen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful truck. Yeah. Thank Speaking you. of beautiful trucks, though, me and Barry are really kind, Wayne. We are super nice people. Yeah, we're very nice people. We are going to buy you a brand new car, whatever it may be. Oh, dear. It doesn't even have to be brand new. It, it could be, be brand old. new to you. It could be a sports car. Yeah. It mm-hmm. could be another truck. Mm-hmm. Whatever you your, choose. Your dream vehicle. Whether you choose practicality as your dream or... A dream vehicle. Dream vehicle. If we could buy you a vehicle, what would it be? You know, I... Uh, Anything. Ever. To me, that's a tough question. Well, because you're not uh, a motive guy. There's not one vehicle you choose. You're not, right? allowed, you're like not allowed to sell it, so you're not going to buy a, you know... Future liner GM bus because you can get five million dollars. No, <clears throat> so you're going to own this car for the rest of your life, right? It's the one. Whether you use it once a month, once a day, okay. once a week. Um, what are we going for? That's tough. I'm guessing another truck. Do, 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 no, do, 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 do. no. 
63 to 65 Dodge two-door sedan. Two-door sedan? Yes. Post? Post. Yeah. And uh, actually, I got a, a particular one in mind. Is it, why does, have why you does had everybody one? like the posts? See, I, uh, I go the other way. I wouldn't want a postcard. Everybody think, I don't know why, I... I just love without a post. I mean, to me, that's cool. I like the shape of the roof better. It is a little bit cooler roof, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but when cruising with the windows open, I don't know. Maybe it's also because I'm also 6'5", well, right? So I always yeah. sit so far back, so I'd have to sit forward, right? Because my arm would be hitting the post. Maybe that's why I don't like the post. But I know everybody else, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah I want a two-door post, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, that, that Dodge was uh, the first car that I owned. Nice. And... Uh, uh, a few years ago, I uh, do you remember that show on TV. Uh, I think it was American Hot Rod yep. with uh, Boyd Coddington. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he Coddington. built. Oh my god! He built one of those the way that I would like it. Yeah, and He's got a good uh, eye, that Boyd. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, this one, like that style of body. That's a valiant. That's a valiant. So, what are we looking at? Um, 1963. It'd probably be a Coronet model. Yeah, Coronet, yeah. I've never seen one. Good-looking cars. So that was one of your... That, you think that was like a, the car you you drove back in the day? Yeah, I drove that... Uh, that was the first car that I owned. I, new? My dad wouldn't lend me any money to buy a car. So uh, I went to my neighbor, and my neighbor loaned me the money to buy the car. Oh, wow. And back then, that was only... It was two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. Closer. Yes. Yeah, and a two door. Two door. Yeah. Search, yeah. search. We're, we're on the radio, Dave, so we can't. Uh, I know. I'm just. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm just, trying to picture the car in my head. Just putting Coddington Dodge. Yeah, sixty. Yeah, it might show up. It'll uh, show up. Yeah, because that's did. the one he wants. Yeah. The big <laughs> difference between a stalker and a Coddington. <laughs> I don't know how to spell Boyd, Coddington. Boyd Coddington is the one of. Not, I mean, he's not even the first, but in. Maybe our generation, one of the first custom car guys, maybe the first custom car guy, I think, that actually got, like, media coverage. I mean, there were many, yeah. many, many before him that designed some of the coolest cars in the world, yeah. you know, some of the bubble tops and stuff like that, right? But I think Boyd was one of the worst that got public attention for building his cars and yeah, stuff. Well, yeah, I believe you know? I think he started off with his wheels. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and that's uh, where his wheels, he made it pretty big, right? Yeah. You know, but Boyd's dad was into it, too, wasn't he, a yeah. long time ago, right? And so. I think uh, Boyd Coddington uh, also mentored Chip Foose. He did, I believe I believe so. Well, I, I think that I've, I've heard stories of that. That's it. Black with the red interior, just like your truck, yeah. Wayne. Told oh. you. I told you that's how you'd find wow. that. That yeah. is a cool looking car. Look at the body lines car. on that thing. Yeah. Well, that's all Boyd Coddington. Yeah, he's just it does some amazing work. You know, and like but Chip as well. Chip's dad was also in the yes. cars, and you know, that is a really nice looking car. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. See, I just don't think you get that with a new car. So your 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 favorite car would be a Dodge. You drive a Chevy, and what's, I have a Ford. And you have a Ford. What's your favorite band? My favorite band? Brand. 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 Well, it seems like it's turned out to be Chevy. Yeah. To work on or to own. All the way around. It's hard for you to you separate know? that too sometimes, but yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I got my Econoline that one of these days That's I'm so going to cool. get going. Yeah. Uh, 
mid-engine. A oh, sweet. Oh, so cool. Well, it's not, a, it's not a technically not a mid-engine. It was a uh, vehicle my dad started, and uh, it originally came with a six-cylinder engine. I right. think it was. It came with a two hundred or a one seventy cubic inch oh, yeah, yeah, engine. Yeah. Uh, Daddy didn't like that, so he stuffed a three oh two into it. <laughs> nice. nice. So was your dad a wrencher too then, Wayne? Oh yeah, he was backyard all yeah, the way. Yeah. 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 The first time I was introduced to mechanics was uh when I was probably five or six years old. Huh? Wow. Uh my dad had a odd sense of humor. He was working on his fifty seven Dodge with the fins. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, he uh, had the vehicle running, took off a spark plug wire. He was holding it, and then he grabbed my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Been there, done that. So I was bouncing around on the floor for a while. You know, 20, 30,000 volts going through me. It's so much fun. Yeah, so And that got you hooked, it, right? That got me hooked, <laughs> I guess. i got to figure out how to do this trick to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> what makes this happen? Yeah, yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, so uh, that's when I got introduced into uh, the cars. Yeah, Always, do sounds like you've been a Dodge fan. I have been. Um, you know, it... Uh, it's hard to limit it to, to one sometimes. I think you've got to okay, go I, by era. I wind up with Chevy because... Of the versatility of Chevy. Right. And the interchangeability is beautiful. Yeah. As a mechanic, yeah. As a mechanic, As a mechanic and somebody that likes to do stuff Old school Chevys, though. We're not talking brand new Chevys. Well. See, I mean, you're uh, building cars and, and, I mean, especially classic stuff, finding parts. You want, if you you look for Mopar stuff, it's near impossible. Yeah. Look for Ford stuff. It's even harder. But look for Chevy stuff. Everything started as a 350, and you can get everything everywhere. Yeah, Chevy's put up that way. Yeah. But I don't think the new stuff, I don't, I don't, like, I, there's two different Chevys to me. Yeah. There's, like, the 1990s, no, I'll even say 2000 and older Chevys I like, yeah. well, truck-wise. But anything new, I'm not a big fan of any of their products that are coming yeah. out. Their cars are, are awful. I mean, besides, like, the Corvette and the Camaro. Yeah. And stuff like that. But are there general drivers? I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm taking a shining to uh, Chevy and GMC pickups. Yeah, they're, they're, they're you know good-looking trucks. They're, and, they're not bad-looking. Square wheel wells, though, got to go. That's a problem. Can't do anything with it. You know? Look well, at lowering slam it. it. Look at slamming it. It's still square wheel wells. It looks stupid still. Right? This doesn't fit. Unless if you want to put the, what did they call the little fletches? You know, if you want to cover over the wheel wells like they did in the back, you know, back in the day. Well, if you want right? that tire tucked look. You know, that may be cool. But, uh, and I wasn't, the drivability, I had a Chevy High Country for a while, uh, 14, 2015, whatever it was, you know. And it was like driving a Cadillac. And I say that as a plus, it was like driving a Cadillac. But I also say that as a minus. It's like driving a Cadillac. Truck, it, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't. You know, I get it. Ford made their F, their F one fifty what two thousand and four. You know, changed a whole lot of things and made the thing drive like a car. So I think Chevy's kind of taken that on a little bit to make it drive like a car, but in their way. 
you know? And I really enjoyed that ride like a Cadillac, but I also didn't enjoy it at times. You're riding down the road, it's really nice, you're just kind of cruising, but then sometimes it's like, oh, Jesus, just stay in one spot. You know what I mean? And their motor choices, they should have done something a little bit better with that little 327. You know, I, sh- I don't know why they didn't market it. I had no idea that it was a 327. If it was me and I was in charge of Chevy, it'd have a big, bold 327 badge on the side of the car. To me, that's cool. Okay, are, is that the 5.3? The yeah. 5.3, yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's still, it's still see, see what I mean? You're a mechanic and have to ask, is that the 5.3? They just marketing. They screwed up. Number one, number two, a three twenty seven is too small for a big pickup. But anybody that's like thirty and younger are not going to know what a three twenty seven is. If you're not into cars, three twenty seven means nothing to somebody. Five point three liter. It's it, just people. That's how they do it now, right? But there's a reason why that people know nothing about it. If GM, come on, how many Chevy pickups are out there? If they would have put 327 on all the trucks since they, they put the, the 5.3 in, everybody would have yeah. known what the hell a 327. why they do that? I do it with the cross flags, you know? Like it's all about metric in the imperial, day. you know? So like cool, man. So cool. Yeah, metric met- imperial, my ass. We do everything here. You know, we're metric, and I wish we'd change, but we do everything here imperial as well. But then Ford went with the 5-liter, which means more to somebody than 302. And the 5-liter yeah. is, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And they changed it a long time ago, and kudos on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to work on Chevy over anything else? Like if a Chevy comes you know, in? Yeah, I, I would prefer to work on the Chevy. Yeah. Uh, because the Chevy is uh, seems to be more accessible when I think about it. Yeah, yeah, to work on them makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then to uh, you own. Know, for example, like uh, what size engine does your Ford have? The 5.4. The 5.4. Yeah. Okay. Exhaust manifold. Which... Right? Is. Did you hear mine? Did you hear mine while I was pulling in? <laughs> I heard it a few hour, a while ago. Yeah. I noticed your truck around here. Uh, difficult job to do. Yeah. Okay, if you get a cracked yeah. manifold on a Chevy, yeah. that's true. Easy to change. It Lots is. of room underneath the hood on a five point three liter. So much. Yeah. I know it's kind of it's even the six liter and the and the bigger. Yeah, there's lots yeah. of room. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of weird. I mean, in my that, argument, right? like I say, the five three is not enough. Yet I have the big engine in the Ford, which is five, a four. five four. I don't know. It's kind of just one of those things. I wasn't impressed with the with the little five three that I had in that uh, in that, that uh, Chevy that I had. But you know, I mean, I can complain about the wazoo about my truck, but I still love my truck. Yeah, and I can complain a lot mm-hmm. about it too. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, after we did a podcast on F-150s, I actually recommended an F-150 to somebody. Did you? I just because I, 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 I love Chevys. Wouldn't do the Dodge right now. No. I don't know. Just didn't take a little bit of break. Yeah, yet. take a break. Take your headphones off to take them up there. So you want to do a little bit of a tech tip now, Bear? Yeah, let's talk some tech. So what I've noticed in my, in my years lately, in the last couple of years, rodent damage. Like... Like, it just seems like... Rotor damage? Rotor, rodent. Oh, rodent damage. Yeah, like, it just seems like the, the the actual amount of, like, rats and little mice getting into people's cars is gone up. It, I mean, I it, right. it, it has. Like, if you talk to ICBC, which is our insurance yeah, 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 in yeah. BC, they are doing more claims for rodent damage than they ever have in the last five years. But, but have you actually physically seen it work? Because something, the, 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 the insurance claims that people put in... 
No, no. I, I, I mean, I, I, every time I pop a hood, there's there's remnants of some kind of rodent being really? in there. Whether it's mouse poop or they've built a nest somewhere, they're getting into cars. Yeah. And they can cost you some never money, man. Never had a problem. I'm a country bumpkin and yeah, yeah. never, ever had a problem. It, it's, it's, it's there. Like, I would say yeah. probably 80% of times I pop a hood on a car, there's, like, mouse feces really? under the hood. So it's become quite a problem, and to some people, it costs a lot of money. Like on the Toyota Tundra, they have the valley, so the intake right. valley is this perfect little nesting spot to to sit down. They build a nest, they eat this wire yeah. on it, and it's like 14, 15 hours to get to that oh, wire. Jesus. That's a fifteen hundred dollar bill for like a two minute wire fix, man. That's that can crazy. cost you some money. Yeah. Insurance do it does pay for a lot of it, right? They just cut it, it at both ends and just put a new wire. It's it's down there. You can't. It's part of a sensor. You have to connect it to a yeah. sensor. So yeah. it's not like you can bypass it. Right. It, it you have to go in there and physically remove the intake and get to oh, it. Ask Toyota. They they do it all the time. And I I. I've, we've seen customers put mouse traps, and that's great, right? Yeah. They've we've poisoned them. Problem with poison is they die in your car, then your car stinks like it. Mm. Nobody wants a dead mouse in their car. It is a foul, foul smell. Honestly, I've Rats. found Rats the best. Mice don't really smell. No, they're so small and have no moisture. Well, yeah. you're, you're the professional on it then, because I, I they all smell Rats. to me, man. Yeah. I don't know anything that gets. I mean, have you seen a lot more increase in rodent damage on cars in the last five years? Wayne? Not really. No? No. Maybe it's just the Subarus and Volvos that we work on. Maybe it's... Like, but we... Like, you yeah. maybe had just people that drive the car once a week. Maybe. I don't know. Because if, you know, that... I mean, that I have I talked see. to the ICBC insurance agents, and they have said that it has gone up. Like, the amount in of the insurance area? claims. Yeah, in our area. In our area, yeah. So, to me... I think the weather. I mean... Yeah. You, you, somebody was speaking to me about that a while ago. Nothing to do with cars, yeah. but about the fact that mice getting into your house and stuff like that, that they know... That there's going to be cold weather. Well, apparently know? we haven't had cold enough winters lately to kill off. So they've been actually surviving through the winter. Well, now that's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, now that we've got a colder winter this right. year. Hopefully it'll make take a chunk out of that population. Right. Yeah, yeah. But if you ever do have rodent, you ever, you ever pop your hood and you see rodent damage, my best advice is to take some cayenne pepper yeah. and sprinkle the engine made with cayenne pepper. Once they go in that cayenne and pepper. And it'll smell delicious. Yes. Spicy. Yeah. They do not come back. Honestly, no. you could do it once a year. And even power wash it after two weeks, they will not come back to your car. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing. And it's humane. It doesn't kill them. No. Nope. You know, burns their mouth a little yeah, bit. It burns their mouth But enough mouth. to keep them away. No, no, to come back. We've done that with raccoons and stuff. You throw a little cayenne pepper. It works good. That's my tech tip of We, we had raccoons today. getting up to the pool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So we, my dad had told them to put cayenne pepper in the shrubs and around the pool. And that it was works. It. Yep. They were gone. So that's my Ooh. tech tip. Interesting. That's a good tech tip. If you ever have any mice in your car... Throw some cayenne pepper underneath that hood. Nice. Keep them away. Nice. Yeah, that would work. Well, there's the tip, folks. Cayenne pepper under the hood. Spice (laughs) up your engine. Very good tip. Yep, very, (laughs) very good tip. You know, i got to ask you guys. I mean, you know, I'm not the mechanic, and you guys are the mechanic. Um, One of my pet peeves of auto repair. Okay. um, As of lately. As a consumer. As a consumer. One of my pet peeves, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but the lack of repairs as opposed to parts replacing. I have had vehicles where I have turned the rotors. Yeah. Remember, I got confused when you said rodent. You know, and I said rotors, and it just came to my mind. You know, I have had vehicles where I have never put a new set of rotors on, 
and I always turned them. Now, I know that prices on rotors are less than what they used to be for the most part. Not a lot of shops have these machines anymore. I even saw, I was watching a show, and I saw they have a, a machine now that actually turns your rotors while they're still on the car. Yeah. You don't even have to take them off. It's like, that's cool, man. That's cool. But you never see that done anymore. And this was a European machine. This was in England. You know, so maybe they are still doing things like turning rotors. you know. Um, there was another where uh, the alternator was beat. So we just took the alternator apart, pressed some new bearings in it, and put it all back together, and the alternator was fine. Yeah, I get is that is that a labor related thing? Because I, I mean, the amount of time it, you, to pull an alternator it takes what fifteen minutes depends right? on the it's, car. You know, the body, well, uh, you yeah, pull yeah, the whole some clip stupid off. alternators, but you know, generally speaking, let's talk about like a, you know standard. I don't. I think that's the part of the issue is that if it takes you four hours to get that alternator in and out, yeah. You're going to replace it. You're not going to you're going to be spending 400 it. bucks for, yeah. for you know, you get So you're going to put a new alternator. Bucks. As far as rotors go, I don't know. You, it could be the same for you. For rotors nowadays, back in the day, they weren't slip-ons, right? Right. The wheel bearing was in them. It was a little bit more, you know, obviously it was worth more money. There's more metal. Nowadays, they're slip-on. You just take off the caliper bracket, pull the rotor off, put a new one on. Yes. We live in a... In well, a Mike, I, I think part of my question of that, too, the factory stuff yeah. is... I can't believe how much better sometimes it is than aftermarket. It can be. It just depends on what you're going for. My I mean, first set of brakes, when I bought my truck, I drove that truck for 100,000 kilometers before I needed to worry about brakes. Right? Now, I do brakes every 20K. But where did you live with the first part of where that truck was born? You know, well, I mean mountains, but I never use my brakes anyways, right? I mean, so. you came from Ontario, not many yeah. mountains in Ontario. That's the no. one thing we don't turn. If you turn a rotor, you're taking off metal, so yeah, that yeah. rotor's going to warp faster, <clears throat> right? Okay. Yep. We live in a right hilly up. country, yeah. or hilly part of the, the country. Yeah, but even in Ontario, they're not turning rotors. I mean, nobody's doing it. Well, the rotors, they rust right? out in Ontario. You know? There'll be nothing left to turn. Yeah, my rotors lasted, like I said, like 10 yeah. years of factory ones. What do you think, Wayne? Do you, you, don't, you don't turn rotors anymore, do you? Not very often. No. Um, but you do. You know, I do, yes. Like I have, I have the, the machine. machine. Yeah. Well, you've been doing it for 40, 30 years, 40 years, right? So you've got the machine. Well, we have the machine, many, too. Do you actually have the machine? <laughs> yeah, it's a, see, okay. Yeah. It's, it's buried in dust somewhere, It is, right? pretty yeah. much. Like, yeah. I've yeah. Never, yeah. I figured mostly you know, it's from, a cost from our, from our experience, uh, you, can, you can get, if you're going to turn brake rotors, you can turn them once. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Maybe twice. And Maybe. I have personally found that even though you're uh, over the minimum uh, thickness, right, they will still warp. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Six months. Yeah. No. And, no. I, and I then, believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Uh, you know, as a technician, I have to warranty the work. Yeah. yeah. And I get a I get a pissed off customer. Yeah. And well, so I, I would I would rather uh, I'm. Sorry about the expense, but put rotors and pads, and then uh, I can warranty the job for a year because her supplier right. warranties the parts for a year. Warranties the parts for a year. But maybe does any any of that have to do with the fact that uh, um, you know you bring your vehicle in for uh, for an oil change? You have a look at their brakes. You tell the customer, "Well, you got about forty percent left on your brakes." And they say, "Okay, I'll see you next oil change," rather than saying, "Oh, geez, might as well just put new pads on." That never happened. Cause, no? Because uh, any company, no? 
Yeah, I don't. I, like I mean, nobody ever does that, right? We'll even but, have a point where a customer has forty percent brakes, yet they they still feel a bit of a pulsation going down a big hill, yeah, yeah. and they'll hold off because we don't. If we change paths, we change rotors. Just kind of you our just, policy. Well, you don't want yeah. the customer coming back. At the end of the day, if, if you put a new pad on an old rotor yeah. without skimming it, it's gonna there's gonna be brake squeak. It's gonna they're gonna be squealing. The customer's not gonna be happy. Yeah. I mean, essentially, whether it's cheaper metal that they're using in rotors nowadays that they warp a lot easier than they used to mm-hmm. compared to back in the day. And again, so. they were part of a wheel bearing hub assembly mm-hmm. back in the day, so they were expensive, right? Like. Yeah. Nowadays, they're slip-on, so they're not as yeah. costly, except the one-tons. I mean, the one-tons get expensive, the bigger the rotor. And, and like I said, oh, yeah. labor is way more expensive now, too. So labor, yeah. but by the, the time you take into actually turning a drum and doing all of that and charging the customer the yeah. two and a half hours labor, well, there's 250 bucks almost, right, give yeah. or take. So you might as well the, just buy the bloody part and have yeah. the car out of there in 20 minutes. As far as alternators and starters, back in the day, you used to... You know, braze in some new pennies into the starter to yeah, get some yeah, new yeah, brushes. Yeah, yep, yep. It's all about the liability on it now, though, right? Now that you've fixed that starter, and if that starter only lasts because something else falls in that starter, now that's your issue, right? Now you Makes have to sense. give the guy a, a new starter, yeah. even though it's not necessarily your fault. The solenoid went this time, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the, uh, the rebuilding companies, I mean, I remember a couple of guys that I knew, the Black Brothers and... You know stuff, and that's all they did. They rebuilt you can do, and you alternators. Can, Are there still places? Yeah, that in do the city that? there is for yeah. sure. Is yeah. the city and stuff there still is? Yeah. Right, they're still yeah. viable for them to operate. I think well, it's for rare vehicles. They you know like to have rare alternators or you know right. yeah they have to have that option. I mean the yeah. manufacturers re- like we have core, so if we put a new yeah. alternator, or everything's re-man, rebuilt. Anyways. So we send it back to a manufacturer, they rebuild it there. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And no, it's just if, an outside uh, if I have the option, uh, if they're uh, of a new part as opposed to a rebuilt part, I will go with a new part. Oh, for sure. Especially with alternators. The aftermarket, they're manufacturing brand new alternators, starters. Yeah. And for uh, a small difference, you can get a brand new one. For example, not meaning to plug Bosch, but they they have an excellent warranty on their... Uh, they do. Bosch on Yeah. <clears throat> well, there you have it, folks. I mean, but, I mean there is stuff. a question that people might ask sometimes. There is stuff that we will, like, you know, not Band-Aid, but there is things that you can get away with. But the majority of the, the the whole trade is turned to parts replacement strictly because of liability, I think. Like, at the end of the day. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good reason, too. I don't know. And I think that nowadays, instead of back in the day, there might have been, you know, seven different alternators that year. Right nowadays, there's 50, 60, that's 70, that's 80 true. different very alternators. How could you oh, stock yeah. very, very good point? Different brushes for each yeah, one. Like yeah. it just. It, it, remember when you used to be able to go to the parts store and say, "Yeah, I need a GM starter." <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It basically yeah. fit for, everything. For what year? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that doesn't it's, happen it's, anymore. I need a GM starter. Yeah. You know, that's why I was talking about the, the versatility of GM. Yeah, well, that that's why I went to GM there because you're yeah. right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, I mean that's. That's, but even with like CV axles now, if somebody comes in and wants us to replace a boot on their CV axle, we'll rather sell them a new CV axle. Because I know like the, it may not be clicking or whatever, but the labor to pull that CV axle, change the boot, almost equals the price of a new one. That was my other point. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's just, there's no point to it. Throw mm-hmm. another one, new one at it. That's good. I, I mean, I think that's informative for people out there because sometimes they do question. Yeah. You know what I mean? They know that, oh, Jesus, I used to just put a boot on. Yeah. You know, why can't the guy just fix my starter? I guess it kind of depends you know, on the vehicle. Like a Volkswagen yeah. will put a boot on because Volkswagen CV, ax- CV axles, OEM, 
are big money. Like you'll you'll spend five hundred bucks on a CV axle Ouch. from Volkswagen. Ouch. Go to the parts store like Lord Cole Triton, and you can buy one for two hundred bucks. Right. But there is a physical difference between that five hundred dollars CV axle compared to that two hundred dollars CV yeah. axle. So on some of them, we will throw a boot on them. Right. Typically Volkswagens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just all about liability now, man. And yeah, liability versus the cost of what it would take to actually I mean, fix we, it as well. Essentially, when you have a vehicle now, you, as far as brakes goes, um, alternators, there's you know good ones, all right ones, mm-hmm. and you know cheap ones, right? And and oh, it's yeah. all we make the customer aware of which one they're choosing, right? Like the, the, there's a difference in quality of parts nowadays. Yes. Where back in the day, you just got you got an alternator, you got the alternator. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can buy a rematch. Yeah, you didn't have a choice of yeah. which manufacturer. No, well, there was one, right? Yeah, now one. you and now you can go on eBay and buy an alternator on eBay for fifty it's bucks. An import uh, right? white box stuff. Yeah, it's like, just awful. So the quality is not there, but yeah. at the end of the day, there, people, there's even lesser quality than white box, right? White box was the coined phrase, like, "Oh, do you want the box or do you want the white box?" So white box was the cheap one. Yeah. Now they have like, "Do you want the plastic wrap one?" You know, that come directly from China. It's not even in a box. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. tough. We, we, I mean, and we, we're we so brand-specific now. Like, a lot of shops, like, you'll probably only use certain brands now for parts because you... So frequently, yeah. Yeah, it's like... You get a reputation with somebody. Here. Well, you know, you see failures. Like, you see, you know, failures. And you, it's your well, time. The parts manufacturers seem to go through phases where, you know, for a while I wouldn't put Bosch alternators in. Right. Yeah, uh, but they seem to have cleaned everything up. Yeah, and I was uh, talking to somebody the other day about uh, putting an alternator, and they uh, they said, "Oh no, no, no! Don't put it at AC Delco." What the hell's the matter with AC Delco? Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I guess right now, no. Well, AC, yeah, I mean, we're well, no, I, like I, I'm, I prefer AC Delco at this point. Yeah, me too. You know, yeah, we go. I mean, we get burned like brake rotors. Speaking of brake, we get burned on brake rotors. Like really? We put ones on that last six months, and then they're they're pulsating. We put ones on last a year. We probably that's probably one of the biggest things we warranty because sometimes you, they, the customer chooses that cheaper rotor, right? Yeah. And you can tell. You I can did tell. buy a cheap set off of eBay once a long time ago, and they, yeah. they were fantastic. Did they? <laughs> lasted yeah. two weeks. No, no, they were seriously. They were fantastic. Huh? They lasted like three years. You always get you that know? one thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I just got lucky. And Never buy cheap. a catalytic converter system off eBay, though. Please don't, people. No. Don't buy a cat off no. eBay. Cheap cats are never the good thing. No. They no, that's something even I wouldn't. And if they say they fit, that doesn't mean they're going to fit either, people. <laughs> mm-hmm. If they list your model, that doesn't mean that it's going to go into your model. Yeah. yeah, that happens. Yeah. What do you got there for recalls this year? Got any recalls? Oh, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't do no any recalls. recalls. It's not on the sheet uh, here. We're I, not I doing didn't re- do any recalls. We I covered never a found lot of any. recalls. I yeah. didn't see anything that was jumping out at me before I took a look. But uh, Do you, you figure know. that there's a lot? Do you check out recalls and TSBs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of the first things that uh, I do. There's a giant, my giant <laughs> stack, stack of, of recalls. Of recalls that we've already covered on the show. I mean, that is kind of like, it's, as it's far amazing. as diagnostic procedures go, you look at the car, figure out what it's doing, check for TSB and recalls, and then if you don't find anything, go out diagnostic. Yeah. <laughs> like that's well, it's got to now. Eh? Like, I prefer the diagnostic and then go to the TSBs. And, that's, uh, yeah. 
We, we, well, like, so if a code comes in, right? So if we scan a code, we, we check now, like, we go on the internet and check the code it is first, then we go and diagnose. That's just the way we do it nowadays. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's the old school way is actually diagnosing the vehicle. Well, right? no, what I mean is like, I put the diagnostic tool on first. Oh, yeah. Get, yeah. Give me the codes. Yeah. Get the code. And then I start to go research the fault code. Yeah. I yeah. check TSBs. Yeah. We, and, we, uh, you know, for potential problems. We had one where on a Honda, Honda CRV. So when you turned every once in a while, the back diff made like a clicking noise, like, mm-hmm. a, like a click. We tried it and we did it. We looked at it and then we ended up looking at the TSB and it was drain the oil, put new oil in it, drive it on the hoist for five minutes in drive, then put it in reverse or whatever for another 10 minutes and then drain that oil out and then put new oil into it and it gets rid of that click. Like, without a TSB, how, Seriously? Is, how is anybody oh, yeah, supposed absolutely. to know what, that? What kind of vehicle was that? Honda CRV. Oh. Like, how, are, how is mechanics supposed to know that that's going to fix it without the TSBs and, and recalls? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. They got some stupid things, man. That's... It worked, though. They, obviously, there's a clutch pack in that diff that needs to be cleaned out and washed out and wow. put back on. But it, it, it's the way the trade's yeah. going. without Without... Knowing now, you can't just replace a part. Well, cars are so technical and it's yeah, it amazing. Is. It's, it, it is amazing. That's why, once again, it's the callback. Going back to testing well, with those old cars and seeing if they're, have we made improvements? Is the 17 body computers and fiber optic wiring and all that in these cars actually doing anything for us? What do you think, Wayne? Uh, I think it's over-technical. I think it's on, way on, over. The, on the new cars, yeah. because uh, I frequently look into the aftermarket hot rods, custom oh, cars, yeah. this kind of thing. What available? What's available aftermarket is absolutely incredible. Yeah. You can build a car From with with a uh, high tech fuel injection system. In Simple it. fuel injection system too. Like yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Simple yeah. fuel injection. Because there is such things. Right, <laughs> and even if you want to get uh, wireless lighting and electrical, oh, yeah. yep. it's available now. Oh, everything's available. God yeah. bless Summit. <laughs> yeah, well, I, much- I found this one company online that uh, I thought they may, they make a wireless system for right. hot rods and yeah, racing yeah. cars, whatever. They were called ISIS. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I died. Uh, I'm just sure send the money well. and just we'll send your product. <laughs> they're exploring their business opportunities, yeah. right? Yeah, but they uh, they had a really neat system where uh, your lighting modules were all wireless. All wireless. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So it was definitely cool. Yeah. But is that like better than? Well, the part of part of oh, they do okay. that part of that is for a lot of race cars and stuff like that. The body panels all pop right off. Yeah, yeah. You don't for want easy to access. Well, you don't want to have to yeah. sit there and dig through wiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's wireless. So you just pop that yeah, off. Yeah, you, you save a lot of time on wiring. Yeah. wiring a vehicle and whatever. Okay, now you're asking, is the new stuff better than the old stuff? In your opinion. In my opinion, performance, longevity. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Whoa. Whoa. Really? I think so. Yes. I mean, it's okay, obviously performance, true. performance I can sort of take. I, I can sort of buy performance. Longevity? No way. I don't no know. way. 
You go back and take a, I don't care what you want, go back and take a 32 Ford, take a 55 Chev, take whatever you want, take a 67 Mopar, they're going to last, they're going to outlast the crap out of anything built today. I don't think so. Back in the days before metric, yeah, uh, 100,000 miles was a rebuild time. I, okay, I get what you're saying, but you're not going to rebuild the stuff today. No, you know, that it's going to last twice as long. Absolutely. But it's going to be a pile of crap. No. Is what it's going to be. No. Uh, uh, see, okay. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I, I, you know, like, uh, I get into this conversation fairly frequently. I, yeah. People are asking, well, oh, I wish for the good old days. I said, well, you know, you see that picture on my desk, that really nice 1970 Charger. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Probably if you took a new Honda, the new Honda could beat the crap out of that uh, high-performance charger, that old one, the 1970. Yeah. Because they were, the the, uh, chargers were great for going in a straight line. Yeah, everything was, yeah. (laughs) But you couldn't couldn't go around a corner. It didn't break very well either. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's too heavy. Yep. And, uh, well, that's why I say that's why I want to compare the old versus the new, and I want to put it down, and I want to see. But I want to see. I mean, we're miles and miles and miles ahead in time and in technology, right? So I want to see how much better all these things are. I think you can well, see yeah, now, that, now that on Honda, a spark plug change, one hundred and sixty thousand kilometers. That's not right, though. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I've got a that's not right, though. No, but I've got why a sixty-five not? Corvair that's got. You know, seventy, eighty thousand miles on it, uh, whatever. That's been painted once, and has never broke down ever. That's again, you're blessed. Well, that's maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just your aura. You know, I mean, you're going to compare Challenger with the guy that bought the Challenger, bought it because he wanted to go fast in a straight line. So he went fast in a straight line every single day as he went to work. And they if sound you drive a cool. Honda like that, it ain't going to last you a week. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't think Disagree. so. Disagree. Disagree okay. with that, too. Uh, Honda's Disagree. Yeah. I, you, you know, mean, like I there's that, that Honda, uh, the new Honda Civic with the... Turbo, uh, yeah. The turbo. It rips. Yeah. Nice little car. Yep. Yeah, no, I, they're good. I I'm, not, I'm not saying. And if, I mean, I I agree, but the difference is minimal. It's not as big as we, we're as what fifty they, years ahead yeah. in time, mm-hmm. and we're a little bit better. And I, I mean, we're still using we the same take, spaceship we, we to go to take, the moon. Though. We can take the well. Yeah, we're not even using those anymore. <laughs> I mean, but we can take everything into account here. And what's not that moon, Honda sorry. going to be worth in uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? It's not oh. going to be around. You will have to rebuild that car 18 times to keep it around. So it has a longevity as far as maybe some of the components of the vehicle, right, to have a longevity I better. Know, I mean, those turbos, the turbo won't last 25 years. They can't, right? You're going to put new turbos on and stuff. I mean, yes, right now a new Honda is better than a new Challenger, you know, for sure, as far as performance yeah, numbers. <clears throat> oh, not a new challenge. No, I'm saying as I'm a like, new 1970, you know, yeah, I yeah. go a little bit older than 70. 70, we get a little EPA sketchy, so let's go 68, right, yeah. just to be safe, right? But Well, I recall when I was uh, about 17, yeah. my first job was at a uh, gas station. Oh, okay, yeah. And... Uh, 
I was working the graveyard shift, and this guy comes in with this 1969 Hemi Cuda. Nice. It's a beautiful car. Yeah. Of course, way back then, we didn't have to worry about shutting the car off at the pump. No. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason to do that. And anyway, uh, this guy's, uh, the gas filler was at the uh, behind the license plate, and I'm there putting gas in the darn thing. And it's running. Yeah. Well, my eyes were watering from the raw <laughs> gas, gas yeah, yeah, that was yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. of this car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, you take a new charger. Sir, what's, I don't know. You're right. I don't know the technical. I want to know the technicals of, yes, that raw gas coming out the back. What are those emissions? Oh, they were like you know what I mean. They? It was what are they in what respect do you mean? Uh, well, just I mean I I you know, yeah I know I mean I understand yeah they're crazy you know yeah absolutely I I still want to compare then and now I don't think we're fifty fifty years ahead where I, we're not where I'd want to be you know what I mean? But well, we're getting close. You know, like my my point is that. Uh, the old cars, they were difficult to drive. Uh, Much didn't, more fun. Didn't, didn't handle. Much more fun. <laughs> yeah, if you like to have a white knuckle death grip on your steering wheel. That's fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, fuel efficiency was not that good. Well, but, but we're also now talking about the difference between a Honda Civic, and, which is like the tiniest, most efficient little compact. You know, go back and try the early, early, early Hondas. Well, right? certainly. Like a, a, friend, a friend of mine had one of the first Honda Civics. Well, it yeah. virtually disappeared in three years yeah. because of the rust. Yeah. Uh, mm. Okay, fair enough. Chrysler's, back in that area, era, they were notorious for rust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. I mean, I you know, like, have you ever wondered why that you very rarely see uh, late 50s to er, very early 60s Dodge products? Not that hard. No, you don't know. Rust they rust so bad. Yeah. I mean, maybe we, in our mind we have that the older is better because mm-hmm. of the good old days or whatever. But maybe Wayne's on to something here. Well, I, I want to know. I, I want too. to test them. You know me. I believe none of what I hear and half of what I see. I know. You got so it. So unless if I do it myself, I, I want to know exactly what everything is to see where the differences I mean, I, are. Back in the, the, with the new stuff, we got uh, longevity, less maintenance, comfort. Uh, well, we get a lot of pluses. A lot of pluses. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. I'm not saying we should build cars like we used to. But I'm saying, are we that far ahead? I like the simplicity of an older car compared oh, to an old yeah. car. Yeah. So if you can take the simplicity of an old car and put it into a new car, now that that's a good car. Well, just, I would say simplify the newer stuff to put in the old stuff. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's... And, for example... Uh, that's both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, you have an old Chevy pickup that you want to restore... And right. a fuel injected engine with absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's what that's resto mod. I mean, that's what the thing that's, is. I mean, everybody's doing yeah. resto mod, right? Which is which is funny. They're taking the new stuff and making putting the old back in, yeah, yeah. or doing vice versa, right? So, I mean, I, it's we, interesting. We were talking. You were talking about the hundred sixty thousand kilometers on spark plugs. 
Now, I get that the spark plugs will go 160,000K, but they are welded into that cylinder head after 160,000K. Yeah, in some cases. Aluminum to steel. Yeah. Yeah, Especially the older 5.4 Tritons. Yes. Very what are you staring at me for? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Well, that was a two-piece spark plug. Yeah. But I just, I, hey, for the you co- know what? 14 years, 250,000 K, I'm, I'm not complaining. But they ain't coming out. So those, yeah, are, those people motor, that, what the hell? that are listening that, that want to wait 160,000 kilometers before you change spark, least at like 50,000, 60,000 K, take it to your mechanic, have them take it out, never seize it, and put them put back, back in. Back in again. They will last. It's just, just a change. Yeah. Yeah. Just a change. Exactly. And at that point, you might as well have them changed. Yeah. But, right? yeah, you can very comfortably, comfortably get 100,000K out of a set of spark yeah. plugs now. Whereas in the good old days. You'd foul them. Yeah. It change was, your oil, change your plugs. <laughs> yeah, every every 10,000 yeah. miles. Yeah, just do and it. Really? You know, the, it was going out of tune all the time because you had breaker point ignition. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the best. One of the best. The vehicle. <laughs> well, yeah. one of the best things that came along was the uh, HEI ignition. Yeah, that made a huge yeah, difference. Reliability. Yeah. Well, I remember. Uh, who wants HEI ignition? They were converting back to points. Oh, really? Jesus. Oh yeah. People yeah. were like, "Wow, yeah, yeah." They were converting back to points. And well, then, because it's not mechanical, you can't see it. You can take the cap yeah. off a distributor. You can look at it. You can turn it. You can see your points doing. You can see what's happening. Yeah. All of a sudden, you get this little magnet. Well, what's that magnet doing? Why is that working now? I, yeah. My Whatever. my dad used to hate disc brakes. Really? Oh yeah, he loved sure. drum brakes. He thought yeah. disc brakes. Oh, we don't need disc brakes. <laughs> well, drum brakes are actually ridiculous. <laughs> they're better. Sorry, your dad was a ridiculous guy. <laughs> no, no, the drum brakes—they're still used on big trucks for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like air brakes are all drum brake. Yeah, they, no, they dis- use yeah, no, them. They, dis- they dissipate really. heat. Work better. They dissipate heat better. Drum brakes. No, they really. S- they do. Okay. Why aren't they on big trucks? Then? They are now. No, they're not. Yes, they are. On big, big yeah. trucks. Yeah, big, big trucks, yeah. Like we're talking yeah. Freightliners. Freightliners, Peterbilt. Yeah, yeah, you can get disc brakes now. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Basically, they're on big trucks because they're standardized product. No, it's you because order, they you, you dissipate drum. heat better, Bear. Okay, sure. They don't dissipate heat well at all. They. You, right. I, I'm, I'm the truck driver here. So, yeah. Your biggest concern driving a truck is your brakes overheating okay. constantly. You are wrong, buddy. Yeah, drum brakes no, dissipate no, heat better. No. You have way more pad yeah, yeah, on yeah. a drum. It's all enclosed. It's all enclosed. Anyways, you're right. Yeah, but I mean, you're wrong. I've had wheels smoking, smoking, smoking hot. I the bet. new electric brake. If you put rotors in those electric, things, you're going to be right? changing rotors every 10 months if you put disc brakes on a big truck. No, no, you don't. They last like everything else. Okay, what and have you big driven? Big truck brakes last What have you driven? Ever. They're drums. Huh? Those are drums. Big, yeah, they last yeah, forever. They last forever on a drums. Yeah. They don't on brakes. I know what disc. they are. They don't on disc. Okay. Back me up here, Wayne. Yeah, I, I'm driving them. You know, I'd, I'd got I have to go with Barry if he's the driver. Yeah, really. And if he knows what he's, yeah, they're they're all trying to switch about. over now. Right? But okay, truck, name one vehicle brakes. you've driven with disc brakes. Big truck brakes. Name one big truck you've driven with disc brakes. I haven't had one with disc brakes. So there you go. How do you know then? Because I have a lot of friends that have them. So now you back to the, you were the one driving, and you know yeah. disc brakes are better, but you've never no, actually experienced it. I know that drum it. brakes are bad. <laughs> right, and I'm trying to explain to you why they've always used drum brakes. Because they don't have an air system for disc. 
uh, but they don't even they're not even using an air system for this. And it's an S caliper, so you could adapt that. They have an air way. over yeah. hydraulic. I get it, but it's not. I, no, no, yeah. no. The, the new electric, the disc brakes on trucks now are fully electric. There is no air. Really? Yeah, they're fully electric. Wow. Yeah, Google them and look them up, man. It's I'll actually check really it out. cool. But I know it to a fact that drum brakes dissipate heat better than than disc okay. on big sure. trucks. Good story. Okay. Yeah, I know that drum brakes have a problem on trucks for overheat. They do. But, yeah. they, obviously, they do. If you go down a big hill <laughs> with your brakes unadjusted, so many problems with them, man. So many problems. Anyways, move on from that one. <laughs> We're never going to agree on that thing. What? You I, I'm, I'm the government inspector. You big, you big heavy duty mechanic. I'm not saying I know. I just know that they're they've been on trucks for yes, a lot of years. They're a problem. Yes. Right. They're, they're, and yeah. I didn't know honestly that they've come up with a disc brakes on yeah, freightliners. They've now. had them for quite some time. Like, yeah, quite what do you mean by quite now. some time? Ten years. Okay, I've seen them like where they're air over hydraulic, and they never no, really got that air, right. No, air over hydraulic. No. They have had. They do make air yeah, no, over hydraulic. It never worked. No, it never did. No, I don't. So the electric I don't, disc brakes are pretty awesome. Really? Eh? Yeah, pretty pretty awesome. I have to see yeah, that. And it's all exposed, so it gets access to air. So you don't have to go out and yeah. physically check your your brakes you anymore. Always check it. You're always going to have to check everything because you have to put that wrench on it to see the movement and the push rod thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You're always going to have to check everything. Yeah. But that, you know, they'll never have it quite figured out. Although big truck stuff lasts forever, and it makes no sense why we can't have brakes on a car the last five years. But well, that's a whole other story. It's true. It's true. It's yeah, true. Yeah. And plus, on big trucks too, you also got eighteen wheels stopping you. Yeah, you got a lot. More you know stuff. what I mean? So you get a lot more pressure, and they want the disc brakes because, well, one of the things they say, the companies that make the systems say they cool off better. They're better for downhill. They mm-hmm. last, and they'll, they won't last as long. But uh, but they're going to be much much more efficient and stop a truck much quicker. See, in, right. in, I just see the pad size compared, like the shoe size is way more shoe than there is pad. So to me, sure, there's more no, stopping no, power. So you're not dissipating heat, but more stopping power in a drum. But that's the same as a car, though. Then, then in so a, in it is. It's the same as a car. The drums on a car are much more than there are just a couple of discs, right? With a few little pads. It's the exact same thing on a car. But yet, we all use discs on cars. And as soon as you get something with drums, you're like, I gotta take those drums off and put some discs. They still use drums on a lot of big trucks, like even one tons. Like, you can still buy a one ton pickup with drum brakes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the option is to get discs. And honestly, they have, like, Wayne, you're gonna testify to this. The back, the the big trucks with disc brakes in the back, trying to set up the e brake on those things with the drum and hat, they never work. Oh, that's awful. They just never work. This is bad design. Yeah. Yeah. Drums are so much easier for e-brakes. Exactly. Way, way easier. I don't know why they couldn't uh, put the uh, e-brake or park brake uh, on the... On drive shaft. On the drive shaft. Yeah. Yeah, That's what they do in trucks. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 They'd hold it way more. Yeah. Oh, it would hold it solid. Yeah, yeah. We got um, a guy walked into a shop, and he said he'd like a gas cap for his Kia. Yeah. The owner sat there and thought about it for quite some time. Said, "Yeah, you know what? That sounds like a fair trade." Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On that note, Dave. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks for coming out, Wayne. Thanks, yeah, thanks for coming by, Wayne. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. It was yeah. good. Awesome. Well, you're right next door, so we can uh, do it. Get you back on here. Right on, buddy. Thanks everybody for listening. Peace. All right.